0: I was thinking about what I would talk about today, and I thought the topic of um, the evil of sport on Sunday would be good, (laughs) but I'm not so sure anymore seeing so many fans. Um, So I think we'll just stick with the scripture. What's this all about? And by this I mean church, Christianity, getting together, I was talking to someone this last week and I mentioned that part of my job was to help students understand the basic message of Christianity. And she said, "You do you cross yourself with two fingers or with three fingers?" <laughs> and I said, and I said, "I just don't really think it cares. I don't think that's the that's the most important thing." And she said, Two fingers or three fingers? (laughs) And I thought, for her, that is the essence of the religion that she thinks of as Christianity. It's the most important thing. And it made me think, what is it for me? So today, we get to go with Mark on a little, little adventure, and we get to discuss that question. We get to listen and we get to watch. We have so many pictures of Jesus, don't we, in our world? We have the holy fool of Bulgakov's Master and Margarita who stands before Pilate. We have the wild-eyed, apocalyptic prophet. We have the picture of Jesus that fits just right within our own political views, don't we? But mostly we have the picture that fits for our personal needs. This is the Jesus that I want, that makes me feel comfortable, and affirms who I am and what I do. We all have different pictures of Jesus. And it's nice to be able to pick and choose the Jesus that fits the circumstance that we're in right now. The Jesus that doesn't like sports on Sunday, I don't like right now because I wanna go watch the England-Panama game after church. (laughs) So I choose the Jesus that, okay, okay. But every once in a while, we find ourselves in chaos and fear and panic. And the other little pictures of Jesus that we've had flee away and we're faced with something terrifying. The real picture of Jesus, who he is. So when we study Mark, we see Jesus acting and speaking in ways that are often surprising and challenging to the people around him we see Mark giving us a picture of something Jesus did or something Jesus said. And then he says, and then people responded this way. And he doesn't tell us, Mark, how we should respond. He leaves the door open to us. He says, Jesus did this, and these people did that, and the other people did this. And he leaves the door open for us to step in and make our response. The same thing today. Jesus, in this passage, right before it last week, um, Malcolm was talking about seeds. The kingdom of God is, is like a seed. Small, grows gradually. Sometimes you don't notice it for a long time and all of a sudden you look and, oh, there's a plant there. Small, gradual. You can observe it, but you can't control the growth of a seed, can you? So he's standing in the boat on the shore, preaching to everybody, probably because there's no room on the shore and he wants everyone to see and hear what he's saying. So he's out on the boat near the shore, and eventually he says, let's go, let's go. Maybe the crowds were too large, I don't know, maybe he was tired, I'm sure he was. But eventually he says to his disciples, let's go. So it's interesting, in the passage we read, it says, what does it say? And leaving the crowds behind, they took him with them in the boat. They took him. I thought that was interesting. It it didn't say, and they went. They took him in the boat. I imagine them saying, preaching about seeds, that's your deal. We don't understand everything you're saying. But if you want to get somewhere on a boat, we know how to do it. We'll take you on the boat. We've been doing this our whole lives on this very lake. This is something we know how to do we'll take you. So they take him on the boat, just as he is. Maybe that means that he didn't even get off the boat, they just pushed out and kept going. He didn't eat, didn't sleep probably, they just left. And so they, there they are, Jesus falls asleep, exhausted, and the storm comes and the waves are breaking into the boat. Have you ever been on the rocks on a beach during a storm? when the waves are crashing and the wind is ripping through your hair. I love that feeling, don't you? It's exciting, it's exhilarating. It's scary, but in an exciting way. Have you ever been on a boat in a storm? It's scary in a scary kind of way. (laughs) We like the exhilaration on the beach because we like to be close to the danger, but feel safe. But when you're on the boat, you're not safe. You're in the danger. It's terrifying, especially to the Israelites. The sea, the ocean, had always represented the forces of of uh, chaos, of death, even. In Daniel, it's the place where the monsters come from. It's the place that the spirit was brooding over before creation, before there was order. It's a scary place. No one can control it, any more than you can control the growth of a seed. It's out of your control. Even for these poor fishermen who think they know what they're doing. Whole lives on the sea, they're out of control. And so Jesus is asleep, just like Jonah was. And they wake him up just like they woke up Jonah. And they say to him, don't you care that we're perishing? And what does Jesus do? He rebukes the waves and the wind. It's an interesting way to say it, isn't it? He rebukes them. Rebuke isn't a word that you use when you talk about waves and wind. It's like like he's he's commanding this force. They, They know his voice, the wind and the waves. And everything quiets. It says that the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Or maybe a more literal translation, there was a, uh, this says dead calm, but a more literal translation is a great calm. There was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who is this? There was great fear. Jesus commanded the wind and the waves, and there was great calm. And the result was everybody said, oh, this is great. That's so great he can do this. We're with the right person. I feel safe now. I feel comforted and safe because Jesus is with me. Nope. The sea turned glassy and they were terrified. Perhaps more afraid of him than they were of the waves and the wind. Who is this? This is not who I thought we were on a boat with. They knew that there's only one person Who can control the wind and the waves with the word? They've read the Psalms. They know who it is. Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So for us, we could ponder this question. We could sit down and we could think, who is Jesus for me? Who is my own personal Jesus? We could pick the nationalistic, patriotic Jesus who celebrates the 4th of July with me. We could pick the new age Jesus. It's <laughs> the wrong crowd for that joke. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying we won. Eh? We could pick the new age Jesus, the self-help Jesus. We could pick the Protestant, the Catholic, or the Orthodox Jesus. They all have their quirks. We could pick, pick, uh, we could pick Um, The picture book Jesus from the books that my children read. He seems so nice. He's always smiling. (laughs) The disciples would really like to have been able to pick their own Jesus at this point. The Jesus that they were on a boat with was terrifying. So many times they tried. Jesus, you you don't have to go suffer and die on the cross. Jesus, come, come and do this. Come and do that. We'll defend you, Jesus. We'll protect you. They would have loved to pick their own Jesus. They would have liked to have the, the sophist moral teacher Jesus, who tells everybody to be nice and good ideas and how to live. They would have liked the Roman, uh, Roman killing zealot Jesus, who is going to free Israel from its oppressors. They would have liked the Torah interpreting rabbi Jesus. But the Jesus that commands the sea with a word was terrifying. The disciples, as we read in Mark, eventually had all their questions answered, almost none of them in the ways they expected. Eventually, though, they go from great terror to, after the resurrection, going across the whole known world, preaching and being beaten and being shipwrecked and bit by snakes and eventually killed, gladly, It's astounding, this poor, terrified fisherman in a boat going to the end of the empire fearlessly. Something changed, they met someone. So we don't have the luxury of choosing our own Jesus as much as we'd like to, the Jesus that supports England over Panama. We need to go along with the disciples and see who Jesus is. We have to, just like the disciples, we'll have lots of opportunities to give up and turn back when he says something we don't like. We can say, this is a hard saying. Who can accept it? But we'll also have the chance to, just like the disciples, say, but where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. So, you're going to meet a Jesus that is wild and strange and terrifying sometimes. But take the journey. Read Mark, read a chunk, see what Jesus did and said, see what the reactions were, and ask yourself, Who is this? And then respond. Listen with the disciples to the report of the women of the resurrection. Watch the crucifixion with them. See him heal. See him challenge the leaders. See him talk, hear him talk about the kingdom of God. Take the journey with Mark. And then walk out of that upper room filled with the Spirit to preach the good news to the world. So let's ask ourselves this question today Who is this? And don't give up on looking for the answer. Let me pray for us. Father, please reveal yourself to us as you have in your Son, as you have in your Spirit. Show us who you are. In your name we pray. Amen.